Amen. Come right ahead, Brother Lars. Amen. There's a charge in the Holy Ghost in this place even right now. Let's go ahead and clap our hands unto the Lord. Amen. We didn't drive across town and look good for one another. We came here to meet Jesus, the power of his spirit. I can feel a manifestation of the power of the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Hallelujah. Whatever your need is, if you need a miracle in your body, if you need to be healed, God can heal you. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost. If you need a good refilling and a renewing of the Holy Ghost, God can do that tonight. Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and worship the Lord. Let's go ahead and give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Truly the Lord is in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, you're worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, and I want to give honor to Pastor Regan. I'm so thankful that he's my pastor. Thank God that uh, Pastor uh, Hilton is here with us tonight, a good friend of mine that I've got to know over the last few years, and so many people here at the True Church. I'm just thankful, amen. Who's thankful to be in the house of, the God, uh, of God today? Amen. If you turn to Acts chapter 1, uh, Acts chapter 1, we're going to go through this quickly. I do believe that I feel like I've heard from the Lord, and um, I am expecting great things. Who's expecting something to happen today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's been going through some fighting? Who's been going through some things? You know, that happens because God, God is, is right here to help you get through those things. He's the help in our storm. He's the one that's going to give us the place of safety that we need to be in. Amen? Amen. Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 1. The Bible says, the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he thought the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John, let's talk about John the Baptist, truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon ye and ye shall be witnesses upon me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I want to direct your attention to Acts chapter 1 verse 3. It says, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many, everybody say, infallible proofs. Infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Amen. That word infallible basically means that form which something is surely and plainly known or indubitable. That means to apparent, it, it means to be too apparent, to, be, uh, to not be doubted, unquestionable. 
and what we feel in the Holy Ghost today. I, I, I just believe that, that God can do anything if, if you just have the faith to believe it. If you begin to believe what God's Word says, not what Brother Larson says or anybody else, but what the Word of the Lord says. You can have what you want in the Holy Ghost. God can touch that if you just ask. The Scripture tells us, ask. It, it shall not knock. Ask. Ask. A-S-N-K. Ask, seek, and knock. God expects us to begin to do something to receive what he has for us as our good pastor said so many times we're not we, we're not waiting on God God is waiting on us it takes something to uh, uh, to, to, to show God that you have faith and we're not, I'm not, and I'm not talking about works doctrine but I'm talking about stepping out in faith and knowing that God can perform and God can do what his word said amen pastor Hilton can you pray please Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. This is not in my uh, scriptures here, but pastor quoted it today. And Jesus was speaking. He said, seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to do something in each and every one of our lives. He wants to do the miraculous. He wants to do great things. But he is expecting us to step into the dimension of the miraculous. And that's what I want to talk to you today. Uh, is the commonplace of the miraculous. There is a commonplace. There is a place in God that you can walk and you can not just hope for miracles, but you can expect miracles to happen. Just as Pastor was testifying about Brother Jerry, uh, uh, just filled up his truck with, with groceries. I've heard Pastor say the same thing when uh, he's uh, been touched and blessed, and I can't tell you how many times I've been blessed. Who's been blessed where you didn't even know where it was coming from, but it just came because of the goodness of God. And it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, or if you need the Holy Ghost, God's going to empower you and give you the things that you need at this very hour, even right now, because he is a God of now. He's not just the God of yesteryears or the God of the future, but he is the God of now. And there is a common place of the miraculous. Amen. And if we look at Matthew chapter 13 and 54, the scripture says, and when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished. And this word astonished, they were amazed, but it was more, they were astonished in unbelief. Can you say unbelief? And they said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence they then hath this man all these things? And Jesus says here in Matthew 13, 57, and when they offered, when they were offended in him, Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I, I, I draw from the scripture because if there's an ounce of unbelief, if there's any type of doubt whatsoever, it's what quenches a miracle. It's what quenches and depletes faith. Faith is what we need to be able 
able to receive uh, whatever it is from God that he wants to give us. Uh, and it's not about uh, just what I want, but when I'm asking according to the word of God, uh, the, the Bible talks about asking amiss, which means that you're asking for something that God, that God can do for you that's really not that big of a deal or it really doesn't matter. But when you begin to ask God according to the word of God, something begins to happen. And it's because of faith. When we begin to intermingle faith with the word of God, that's when we can begin to ask God because his word said it. And because his word said it, then we can believe what the word said and we can receive it. So when we're asking God according to something that's in his word, you are entitled to it because it is the word of God. That's why it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure for us to be able to come into his presence and to lift up the name of Jesus one more time tonight and give him glory because we know that he's a good God. We know that he's a faithful God. We know that he's an awesome God. We know that he's a miraculous God and the commonplace should be the miraculous, not just in the house of God, but if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, everywhere that you trod, everywhere that you go should be a commonplace for a miracle. Praise the Lord. Can we go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Praise God. The Lord is definitely, his presence is in this house. I'm so thankful for that. Jesus said in Matthew 26 and 41, and by the way, I, I subtitled this, The Infallibility of Incredible Things. Um, I think that it's important that we understand that, that God, everything that he does is incredible. Everything that he does is supernatural. Amen. Amen. Matthew 26 and 41 says, this is Jesus speaking. He said, watch and pray that ye enter not into, the, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want you to notice when you look at the word spirit, that's a lowercase s. This is talking about, I don't have time to go into all this and teach this, but with it being a lower, lowercase s, it's talking about the spirit of man. Mind you, this was when the apostles, they, they were in the garden, uh, James, John, and uh, they were there by Peter with a stone's throw, and they uh, heard Jesus praying, and he kept charging him and said, can you pray with me one hour? Can you pray? Can you pray? And then he gets up and he begins to talk to them and he says that you need to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. But the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's something in the spirit of man that desires higher things uh, that you can experience in a spiritual realm. And when God created man, he created man to have such a way and, and a spirit about him to be able to come back and to be united with him. Because there's two births. There's a natural birth. Everybody and every one of us have been, been, been born. We have a mother. We, we have been raised uh, uh, because of a mother, because of a father, or somebody that raised you, but we were born, amen, naturally. But there's also a supernatural birth that takes place uh, that you can receive, and God will give you that if you really want it, because if you're here today, it's because he's called you here. And when the Spirit of the Lord calls people, it's through the Spirit of the Lord. You're not here by happen chance today. The Spirit of the Lord has drawn you here today because of his 
goodness and because of his mercy and because he wants to do something in your life. So don't think it that you're here just by happenstance, but you're here by the mandate and the will of the Holy Ghost. I believe that. Does anybody believe that today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just recently heard Sunday night when Brother Owens was preaching about certain things that are not necessarily sin when it comes to fleshly or carnal things, but there is a truth. When we feed the flesh, the things of the Spirit will become weaker. As Christians, we've got to live balanced lives. It's kind of like food. It's about eating and not just eating good food because it tastes good, but sometimes eating the stuff that what I like call rabbit food and things that are not so healthy. I, I just, uh, hallelujah, I'd rather eat a cheeseburger. Brother Nelson talked about that, and my stomach started to growl a little bit. Amen. Ain't nothing a good cheeseburger can't fix. As Christians, we got to live balanced lives. We really do. We, we live in, in, in fleshly bodies, and we live, but we're also spiritual beings. So we have to take care of our bodies, just as we got to take care of that spirit man. Amen. There's needs uh, to be healthy, balanced between uh, the, the, the natural and the spirit. When it comes to living in the flesh, there's nothing really spiritual about it. When it comes down to our daily activities, such as working, communicating, other activities from day to day. However, there's something that we, do, that we have to do in our flesh, which is something that is spiritual, and that is attending to outward things that we do, which affects the spirit man on the inside, if you could say inside. Point to yourself and say, that's me. The outward things that we do is really a reflection of the inner man. Fleshly or carnal things that we do in our body will either bring glory to our creator or it can be a demise against ourselves and or to others. Fleshly things become spiritual when we submit and put these earthly bodies into subjection to the word of God, which is a spiritual realm and not a natural realm. When Jesus said the spirit is willing, he was speaking of great revelation. But what he said about the flesh being weak is even a greater revelation because it is through our weakness that we are made strong. Amen. We learned this when Paul wrote about an affliction in his flesh and he asked the Lord to remove it, but the Lord told him his grace was sufficient. God's grace is realizing that you are weak and there's nothing you can't accomplish in the spirit without him. Without God's grace, it's just going through the motions. And if it's that's, that's the case, you're just living in the realm of carnality. But when you identify that you're weak, you then will understand that your strength comes from the Lord. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, and he said unto them, my grace, this is Jesus speaking to Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. Paul had a revelation of what Jesus was talking about. He understood that in his flesh there was no good thing. It was just weak. But he knew that if he could rely on Christ, he knew if he could rely on one that was better than him, one that was greater than him, the Holy One that was on the inside of him, he knew that if he would lean on that, then the spirit, that natural spirit of what was in him, that spirit of men, man could be intermingled with the Holy Ghost that was on the inside side of Paul. Amen. Isn't that exciting to know that an almighty God wants to be a part of, of humanity, wants to be a part, somebody that's been breathed in by the breath of God and to be able to be reunited in the spiritual through being reborn in the spirit, to be able to be reunited with our maker and our king. What a God that is. What a mighty God that is. This is what Jesus meant when he said that. I tr it tr basically regarding the flesh and the spirit. I'm talking to you about the infallibility of incredible things. I guess the question today would be that someone might ask themselves is, am I satisfied with the mundane? Am I happy with the status quo? Do I want to dwell in the commonplace of the norm of everyday life? Now the other question that comes to mind is, are you tired of just barely making it through life? Do you want to experience breakthroughs and see the miraculous, not just of yesteryears, but a constant commonplace of miracles until Jesus comes? Are you tired and feel like your tank is constantly on E, just on fumes, barely making it? But I'm here to tell you today, there is a place and there's a realm that you can walk on a day-to-day -day basis, a place of victory. A place of safety, a place of provision, a place of the miraculous. Amen. If you realize it or not, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized, you're already walking, and you're already a talking miracle. And if you want to experience the miracles, if you want to experience the miraculous of what, what God wants to do in your life, you can receive that same power. You wonder why people are dancing around and shouting and jumping and doing all these things. It's because they've been set free. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. I've been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost, that resurrection power, that, that, that power that rose Jesus from the dead is that same power that filled me with with the Holy Ghost. It's that same power that you can experience in the house of God today. And not just here, but everywhere that you go, you can experience the miraculous. That's right. Go ahead and shout. Go ahead and praise the Lord. It's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can experience the commonplace of the miraculous everywhere that you go. I guess you could say the root uh, or what kind of got me, I guess everything that this hinges on is something that Bishop Johnson said. And uh, he said, every step in the church is miraculous. And I began to think about that. And I, I leaned over to Brother Nelson one night after he had, had uh, led worship and we had a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost. And I told him, do you remember? I said, I'm so thankful God made the rock big enough for the church to stand on. <laughs> I'm so thankful that everything that we stand upon is the rock, the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, precious saint of God, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost,
You entered into a dimension of the miraculous. You entered into a dimension and a realm that you never would have believed unless somebody might even told you later on down the road of some of the things that God was going to do. Some things that seemed very impossible situations and God was there and already had the answer but he was just waiting for somebody to raise up their hands because they understand. They understood when they received the Holy Ghost that they were entering into that realm of the miraculous. We as the church that truly are living in the land of the living. We're living in the miraculous and God has given us the land spiritually just as he gave to Joshua and the Israelites when they conquered the land of Canaan. It's ours to take. I said it's ours to take. Our good pastor's been talking about we're in a battle, we're in a time of war right now. And I'm telling you right now, there's some things in the spirit that you can snatch and you can take them through the power and the authority of God's word. Not in your flesh, it'll never happen. But when you rise up and you understand that it's the spirit of God. I said when you understand that it's the spirit of God, he can walk in in impossible situations and make things happen that nobody else would have believed and it will happen because God God's word is true. That's why the scripture says, uh, hallelujah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. I'm telling you anything, uh, anything that is glorious and miraculous and supernatural will only come from the Holy Ghost that is within you. That's why we've quoted it, and it's a popular verse, and it's a true verse. Uh, Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I'm so thankful that I'm not the one that has to do the miracle, Brother Hill. I'm thankful that I don't have to do it. I don't have to perform it because the miracle workers are already inside, hallelujah, of me through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I think we can give a Lord a hand clap of praise. I think we can shout unto God with a voice of triumph because you know who you are in God. And if you want to know this God, he can fill you with his spirit tonight. Hallelujah. The powers within. Peter said, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in this world through lust. I'm thankful, hallelujah, that there is a incorruptible seed that I receive someday and it has grown. I've grown in grace. We need to grow in the grace of the Lord and as we understand that, God will reveal his promises to you. I hope you you're hearing me today whatever it is that you need and you begin to talk to God and understand what his word says they become promises to you through the Holy Ghost you're of God little children have you you and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world we love this verse and we love to shout about it but why is it that humanity, and especially some in the church, struggle and seem they can never overcome? Do you want to know why people backslide? Do you want to know why people don't get the Holy Ghost? Do you want to know why some individuals can't overcome spiritually in their lives? 
It's not because you didn't pray. It's not because you weren't consecrated enough. It's not because of anything you did or you didn't do. People backslide and people don't get the Holy Ghost simply because the flesh is weak. Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus talked about it. Because the flesh is weak. People want to rely on the way they think they, they should. Totally ignoring God's ways that are higher than ours. Jesus said again, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. People are trying to walk with God in their flesh and not in the spirit. Galatians 3, 3 charges us in what Paul was saying to the church of Galatia. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you not made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This is why people backslide. This is why people don't receive the Holy Ghost. It's those reasons because of the flesh. It's weak. That's why we've got to lean on something higher than us. That's why we've got to lean and ask the Lord to pick us up and to put us on that rock when we're overwhelmed uh, with the cares of life, when we're overwhelmed when people die, when we're overwhelmed when people have sicknesses and diseases incurable and things that it's totally out of our hand and totally out of our control. We've got to be able to rely and lean on the one that can do something about it. I'm telling you, Jesus is in this house today, and whatever you need today, God can meet that need because he is a provider whatever you need God can touch that need today but we can't do it in our flesh we got to lean on the spirit and let the spirit of the Lord direct us the people love signs and wonders and they covet the supernatural by trying to do it naturally through carnality they do it through sensualism and emotionalism. They want their senses to be touched by sensationalism. Sensationalism is a spirit that exists in this world. It's used by the demonic world to keep sinners out of the church. and is a weapon designed to try to pull God's people out of the church. You cannot have the supernatural power of God and intermingle it with sensationalism. The two don't mix. It's like water and oil. They just will not mix. Sensationalism appeases carnality. The flesh is especially weak when it's not in line with the Spirit of God. The flesh will demand content that will make you want your breath to be taken away in amazement. The flesh wants to be astounded, which will in turn affect your emotions. Human DNA wants to be electrified with your hairs raising on end. Sensualism and also emulations, which is a work of the flesh and are stumbling blocks to so many in the denominal world of Christianity. It's actually heinous doctrine that is ungodly and untrue. It's something that has to be preached today. These, this is, these are weapons from hell that is trying to destroy the church. We are in a fight. We are in a fight, and I thank God for a man of God that stands behind the pulpit, another man of God, another man of God that stands, another man of God. They'll get up and preach the Word of God and preach what the Word says, even in the currents of going against the things of the world and not afraid to preach the truth. Amen. I'm so thankful that we have the truth of God's Word that gives us the strength because that's where our strength is. It's not wrapped up in emotionalism, although God created emotions. 
It was not meant to feed our flesh to make us feel good or to scare us or to make us happy or to make us sad, but it was meant to be a gauge to be able to direct us to walk and be men and women of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the commonplace of the miraculous. Colossians 2.8 tells us, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Revelations 2 and 14 says, But I have found a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. That word Balaam is very symbolic for the word false teacher, Balaam. Revelations 2 and 15 says, So hast thou also them that hold the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which bring, which, which thing I hate. The Lord says, I hate this. Thayer's definition, as far as the Nicolaitans, means the destruction of people. I'm telling you, hell wants to destroy and, and take everything away. In fact, if you're seeking the Holy Ghost, he's trying to distract you. He don't want you to receive the Holy Ghost. But God wants you to receive the Holy Ghost if you're here today. If you've been drawn by the Spirit of God, hallelujah, you can have that today. And I'm telling you, hell is not happy when any time anybody steps into a church like this uh, where the truth is being preached and what you feel today is not emotionalism. What you feel today is the truth because people have been set free in this building. People have experienced the miraculous. People have walked in the dimension of the miraculous because they trust in a God and they hold dear to the truth of, of, of the word of God. And I'm telling you, there's doctrines of devils and there's false prophets that want to destroy your soul they want to tear you down running rampant in this hour if it sounds right do it if it feels right do it these spirits will destroy people that take heed and listen to these spirits of deception Jesus when he was tempted of the devil he said it is written Matthew 4 and 4, he said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 13 and 1, In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Not just one word, not just one person, not just one tradition or, or a, a slew of traditions, uh, but there needs to be a witness uh, in the word of God. Our pastor teaches us that. There's got to be at least two. There's got to be three for there to be able to to have an established doctrine to have an established but we have doctrines of devils and they come up with a good idea and they say oh well, I think lights would be good I think this would be good I think a certain beat or a certain song would be good I think that would be good and because the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God seems to move in that situation they want to make that a tradition and then they want to make it a doctrine and they want to try to put God in some kind of box and I'm telling you today God's not inside of a box God is not limited to do the miraculous. God can do anything that he desires to do in his church. And I can tell you today, there, there are some things that God is not pleased with in the denominal world. But I thank God that we're in a church that holds fast to the truth.
It's the truth that makes us free. Anything outside of God's word is just fluff. It's just fluff. There's no establishment if it's outside of God. I've learned that the best commentary is the word all by itself. The danger to essentialism and emulations is that these spirits, which are doctrines from hell, give the appearance to the real deal because they affect the emotions just like the Holy Ghost does. I hope you're hearing what I'm saying today. This is the trickery of the enemy. Just because you feel goosebumps, just because you feel the Spirit of God, and many times you, you may be feeling the Spirit of God, but it could be just your emotions. And then you're shortchanged from a real move of the Holy Ghost. And you need to know this to be able to receive the Holy Ghost. Because it's not about the emotions. It, 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 there's a part of it. But receiving the Holy Ghost really is about repentance. You've got to have a repentant heart to be able to receive the Holy Ghost. That's why the scripture says, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And here is the key word for the remission of sins. It's just not a ritual going down in water, but it's, it's literally taking on the name of Jesus in your life, just like I've said before. It's like a husband and a wife. The, the wife takes on the name of her husband. When you go down in the water in the name of Jesus, you take on the name of Jesus Christ and you become a bride, hallelujah, of the church of the living God. And that's, I, I believe that's probably a good reason why a lot of us are, are shouting today. Hallelujah. I thank God for the shoes on my feet and the, the food on the table. I'm thankful for that. But eternally, I'm thankful to know that I'm going to be with the Lord someday. We're going to be with the Lord someday. And that's something to be excited about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the difference between the two, between... Between the, um, what I was talking about as far as uh, essentialism and emulations, the difference between the two is that one is an imposter and it's a counterfeit. And the other is the real deal. Who knows about the real deal tonight? What's his name? Hallelujah. What's his saving name? Amen. I'm so glad to know who Jesus is tonight. And if it's the spirit of false doctrine, which is demonically influenced or anointed, and in combination with the spirit of the Lord, it will never bring glory to God. There's some things that people are trying to do in the spirit, they just can't do it, and they can't accomplish it in their flesh. There's even some that are deceived, thinking they're doing things in the flesh where they think they're actually doing it in the spirit. That, that's, that's some dangerous stuff. And I've come to expose the lies and the trickeries of the enemy tonight. We're supposed to know the devices of the enemy. In the denominal world of Christianity, and again, we're, this is not a denomination here. This is the truth. This is the church of the living God. We believe everything that the apostles taught. That's why we say that we're apostolic. We're apostolic in doctrine. We're Pentecostal because we've experienced Pentecost. So we, we believe in everything that the Bible teaches and that's, that's the thing. So when I say denominal world, I'm talking about other Christian circles. 
People want the supernatural by trying to do it naturally in the flesh, such as mood music. I talked a little bit about that. Special lighting, smoke machines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They just keep adding things and more things all to stir up the emotions and make people feel good. But what we have felt tonight, we have felt tonight the power of God and his spirit. Amen? Amen. That's why the scripture says that no flesh should glory in his presence. 1 Corinthians 1 and 27 says, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, in things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We've been doing that tonight with this worship and this praise. We've been glorying in the Lord. We've been glorying in his presence because we've been magnifying him. Him. We weren't magnifying our flesh. We were magnifying the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when we do that, there's a common place of the miraculous. There's a place that you can walk in the Spirit when you know who your God really is. I'm almost done. Even in Jesus' life, when he was physically on earth, his flesh didn't receive glory while on earth until after. Everybody say after he died. It was after death that he received a glorified body. We've got to modify, we've got to, we've got to mortify, as Paul said, or kill the deeds of the flesh so that the Holy One can live in us and rise in us so that he gets the glory from the inside of us. It's from the inside out, not the other way around. Jesus demonstrated this and was the perfect example for us. Jesus, when on earth, always, always gave the Father the glory which was on the inside of him. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and 30, he says, I and my Father are one. And as uh, the scripture says, every bit of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus Christ. That's why the scripture says in Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Musicians, if you would come commonplace of the miraculous. What do you want to be your commonplace? Do you want it to be in the natural realm of intellect in the way that you think it should be, which only will lead to death? Or do you want your commonplace to be a place where you can dwell in the realm of the supernatural? Understand that every miraculous work will only come from the Spirit within you today through the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And he continues to say in 1 Corinthians 2 and 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'm here to tell you today that the Holy Ghost that was inside of Paul and inside of Peter and inside of every other New Testament believer, let me remind you of something today, that, that that same Holy Ghost that was in them is the same Holy Ghost that is in you today. If you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost hasn't changed.
I said the Holy Ghost hasn't changed. And if God could do miracles through Peter in a shadow, if Peter could go by and somebody could be healed or, or they could rise somebody up and say, rise up. It's not the, the silver or gold, but what's in me, the Holy Ghost that's in me, rise up and walk and the ankle bones can receive strength and begin to leap up and down and shout and give God praise. I'm telling you right now, that same Holy Ghost is here today. That same Holy Ghost is whatever you've been seeking. It's in the Holy Ghost today. If you want the power of God in your life, it's really not about the, 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 the next supernatural event that takes place in your body or a miracle in someone else's life, but understanding that the commonplace of the church is the miraculous. Brother Hilton preached a dynamic message last Tuesday about miracles in the meanwhile. Powerful message. But we can't just be dependent on the next miracle. They happen. And there's sometimes we just have to hold on. And I concur. I concur with that message. And I believe in that message. And I believe in what we're talking about today. We just got to understand the source. It's in the Holy Ghost. And he, he began to go down the line and talk about all the miracles. Pastor was talking about some of the miracles that Jesus did today in our, our Sunday school lesson. And uh, just talking about how, how Jesus opened up blind eyes and how he unstopped deaf ears just down the line. And uh, lifting up the paralytic uh, and, and the dropping people down through the roof. And, and Jesus marveled at their faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I, I promise you I'm almost done here. The miraculous is within you today. It's within you today. There's going to be a process sometimes for some miracles. I want you to understand that. But understanding, I, I guess what I'm trying to really get out today is this. This is really what my goal and what I feel in the Holy Ghost that, that God is wanting to get in our mindset. God wants this in our mindset to understand that the miraculous is within you today. Therefore, the commonplace of the miraculous needs to be and should be the new norm when you're born again. Pastor mentioned in this this reference in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Colossians 2 and 10, and this is the exciting reason of why we get baptized. The scripture says, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. When you understand that God is in control of all the power and all the authority, don't you realize who you are when you've got the Holy Ghost today? Or doesn't it show you that you need something that's greater than you? Hallelujah, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can receive that today. As Pastor Hilton was talking about, you can receive the, the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. I'm just about done here. Hallelujah. If we could just stand and begin to magnify the Lord and give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. I think it would be good if we could come down to this altar. If you need prayer in your body, you need a physical healing. If you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost today, 
today. Here's the altar. You can come down and you can re-experience the power of the Holy Ghost in this house today. Whatever you need today, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh of the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins in the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses at the mention of the name we can call on his name and he can come in and he can touch you right where you're at hallelujah if we can just lift up our hands and begin to magnify the Lord the greatest miracle of all is knowing that our sins have been washed away and that we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. And then I know that the greatest thing, hallelujah, the greater works, I, I really truly believe because Jesus doesn't stop there. He says in John 14 and 15, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you and he says I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you and that's exactly what Jesus did in Acts chapter 2 he poured out his spirit upon all flesh the same prophecy that it was the prophecy that came to pass that Joel spoke of and Peter got up and he saw that prophecy come to pass when they received the Holy Ghost you can have the Holy Ghost today the question is is, is what is the commonplace of the miraculous? I submit to you today, the commonplace of the, of the church is the miraculous. That's where it is. I said that's where it is. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. We're going to sing unto the Lord. Some people are going to be getting ready to get baptized. But I think it would be good to have a Holy Ghost party right now and begin to lift up our voice and shout unto God and give God praise for who he is. We know who he is today. Hallelujah. We know who he is today. Hallelujah. You don't have to convince me like we were singing about. Come on. Hallelujah.